0: Hoop, eh.
1: the Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. Oh,
0: oh, oh, oh.
2: The big east.
0: Yeah.
2: The rest of the college hoops the world. The
0: screen. Dunn, twisting his way in.
1: This is the Providence Crier Podcast.
2: With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surrett.
0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast host.
3: Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter. Day. That's at Providence Crier. And with me as he always is. We got BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Also read our blog, ProvidenceCryer.com. Uh, today is Tuesday, November 30th. BOC. We got a pretty jam show today because it's a huge week for the Friars.
2: Absolutely huge week. This is... Um... We're going to look back at this in Biggie's play, and this week will tell us how, uh, what seed we are, if we're a tournament team or if we even are a tournament team. Um, We're playing Texas Tech, uh, I believe they're 11, Ken Palm. Um, Then we go and have the annual rivalry game, or I guess it wasn't annual last year, but the rivalry game with URI at home. And then we play UVM uh, a couple days later. So uh, it's a big week for us, and I hope the Friars are ready because Texas Tech. They're averaging 88 a game, and uh, they're beating teams by, what is it, you say 31 points?
0: Yeah,
3: that average margin of victory is 31 points right
2: now. <laughs> they they slapped one they,
3: team by 56.
2: They've they played, they played a bunch of cupcakes, admittedly, and this is going to be a steep, steep step up for them. But winning is winning, and the fact that they can put the ball in the hoop, um, we'll see if our, you know, I think you and I have both equally agreed that Providence has been a really strong defensive team. Um, We'll see because this is a team that can score and score in bunches. So the average 88, what do we have to get to? Uh, what, what point total do we have to get to feel comfortable in winnings? Is it 77, 78? I don't, I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think you would have to think that they're probably not going to keep up 88 points a game based on who they played. Uh, I yeah. think that's kind of obvious at this point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I would definitely think, you know, PC's gotta at least score at least hit 70. There's no way you're gonna win this game under 70. Nah.
2: Um, I mean, even like you said it's a st- it's a step up, right? but you can't you can't expect them to score 18 or 19 points below their average. That's right That's a lot of points below their average. Even if they have a cold shooting night, you would think they would go you know 75 points or so.
3: Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think they've played no one. However, they're beating the brakes off teams and I think, you have to give them credit for at least that right. Winning is winning. Like I said, um, obviously you got to prove it against better competition. If you want to make the NCAA tournament, but like, I, I think we can't just be like, Oh, well they played no one. Well, uh, they've done, they played no one, but they've dominated doing so. So I think that should have our attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to be an awesome game. Uh, 830 tip on FS one, um, you know, our guest today on the podcast is Jake Zimmer, who does uh, um, PA and, and play-by-play work for, you know, PC, Bryant, uh, BU, a bunch of different uh, schools in the Northeast. Um, so we'll dive in, into this game with him, but uh, BLC, you mentioned this, that like the 830 crowd effect at the dunk on a Wednesday. I think that's real, BFC.
2: It is, you know, as, uh, there was, I had a teacher in high school and when it would get to Wednesday, you know, he had this great phrase. He was like on, he was ready to retire. He had this great phrase on Wednesday. He goes, boys, let's ease into the weekend. <laughs> and sure enough, Wednesday, Wednesday 30 might be the start of the weekend for the folks attending. So I think they're going to get their uh, beers in. They're going to be showing up with a lot of energy. And cause this is a big, uh, is a big game at home.
3: You know what this reminds me of when PC played xavier the year that we got up to i think it was the first top 10 matchup or top five matchup at the dunk was it top? were we top five or were we six
2: when was it sorry when was this
3: the, the chris dunn uh Bentel year
2: oh uh i forget honestly i i don't remember off the top of my head
3: well they played xavier and it was like a, a i think we'll just call it top 10 i think pc was like number six and xavier was like number four or something that year uh and PC met them. I think the tip was nine. And dude, I think that was the loudest I've ever. Like we went on this run in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Do you are you starting to remember this now? Yeah, I know.
2: I know exactly what game you're talking about. The place was the place was a madhouse.
3: Dude, it was insane. And then of course Xavier uh, ends up shutting everybody up with with their great play that they were loaded that year. But yep. hey, we I think we got him, uh I think we probably split with. Him split with them that year. I think we went to St. and actually won there for we mm-hmm. can't really do that. But uh but yeah, I, I think the late tip PC, like it's definitely a family environment to the games for the most part. But you get these 830 tips POC, that's when all all hell breaks lose my opinion, in terms I, of I,
2: every single time I return back to Providence, I always say to like to my buddies who have never been out there, it's like there's no rules up here. It's like you went back in time 100 years, and you like, you just do whatever the hell you want.
1: It's great.
3: Yeah, so expect a loud dunk on Wednesday. Also expect a loud dunk on Saturday. PC's got URI, the Battle of the Ocean State. Um, that game tips at 2. I think that will be on CBS Sportsnet, which I want to quickly bring up a quick gripe. Fox sports should be doing this game. Yep. You know, I've tried to recruit Tyson Tate to come to the game. Uh, They've responded to my tweets and liked my tweets and sent eye emojis, but honestly, we're a few days away here. I don't think they're coming, Uh, but that's okay. But this rivalry needs to be on Fox because I think it's one of the more underrated rivalries in the country.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be – and like I said, they they didn't play uh, last year, uh, so – this is the game that all you know, and all basketball fans in Rhode Island, whether you support URI, PC, or just a fan of basketball, everybody looks forward to this because it's one of those things where you know you just whatever your team's record is, you just you just throw it out the window because everybody's going to play their hardest, and one team can be you know number one in the nation, the other team could have no wins, and you're still going. It's going to be a close game, um, so you never know what you're going to get. Like Jake talked about that, where it doesn't it doesn't matter what the records are. Strengths and weaknesses. It really doesn't matter. It's an emotional game, so it's always a really fun game to attend.
3: Yeah, I have a funny little uh, thing about your eye, which we, which we will get to uh, with Jake Zimmer. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely pumped up for the game. I'll be going to both BOC. You have informed me that you will be in attendance for the Battle of the Ocean State, so I'm very Boots. excited.
2: Boots on the ground.
3: There you go. Um, all right, so um let's get to our interview with jake zimmer um but first let's get a quick word from our sponsors at anchor all right join with us today on the province prior podcast we have jake zimmer uh pa and and uh play-by-play guy for all sorts of different teams in new england pc bryant uh done some work with with the pll premier lacrosse league has done it all um so, Jake, uh, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you on.
1: I, I think done it all is, uh, is a bit of a stretch, but I appreciate the the great introduction. I'm happy to be here. It was great to get a chance to meet you guys down in Newark uh, last week, which already feels like an eternity. Um, oh and I'm, I'm happy to be here. Let's talk some Friar hoops.
3: Let's do it. Yeah, but that, first, but that, first yeah, let's, that, uh, let's quickly dive into your career. How'd you get started in sports broadcasting and all that stuff? um you know what have you enjoyed about the career some of the stuff you don't like all that
1: <laughs> well I get to air my laundry list of things I don't like nice <laughs> no I I, uh, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut um way down in Fairfield County near New York um was exposed to probably the best high school sports scene in in the northeast in my opinion anyway And, you know, our basketball team was really good historically. They had the winningest high school coach of, of, I think, all time uh, in the nation, Um, just over 900 wins. And, you know, they were really good. I got a couple of my buddies together one day and said, hey, you know, I'd like to try out this broadcasting thing. So we brought a a microphone, we brought a computer and kind of just screwed around. Um, You know, we called a game. We didn't really have rosters, pronunciations, anything like that. Uh, my buddies looked at me and laughed and said, we're never doing this again. I go, yeah, you know, I I think you're right. They said, no, 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 we're not doing this again. (laughs) You should do this again. So that was the first time I kind of, you know, heard that I should really uh, consider something in sports broadcasting. Uh, Ultimately, I was down to Bryant and St. John's. Um, I figured uh, the business degree would take me, uh, would have a bit more legs than, you know, a sports broadcasting degree. So um, you know, I've got my full-time job now, but it's almost like I'm working two full-time jobs. Um, you know, did a lot of sports broadcasting at Bryant, started student radio, then worked up to the athletic department, uh, came around to end in 2019 with my, with my undergrad degree and said, you know what, maybe I can just fire some emails off to PC and, and BU and maybe Bryant will have me back. And sure enough, you know, this has led to uh, about six years of a nice fruitful career for me. Uh, so Somehow, uh, you know, somehow <laughs> feels like working uh, two full-time jobs, as I mentioned, but we, we just make do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, the uh, press pass thing, I mean, having one of those got to be pretty nice. You know, you get to walk around, schmooze with you whoever you want.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's nice. Um, the only thing is, you guys were sitting closer to the man of the hour the other night, and that was Omar Minaya. I'm like, well, shit, I want to be sitting up there with a couple of other <laughs> Man. Talk about the Mets, even though I'm a big Yankee fan. I could have schmoozed with him for a bit.
2: Saret S- had, uh, you know, he was wa- he was walking around like he owned the place. We, he, <laughs> we were going anywhere and everywhere throughout the uh, stadium. He was uh, certainly happy to uh, meet some folks. But, yeah, we met Omar. We met a, a great amount of people, uh, including yourself. So it was just a fun time
1: in Newark overall. And you guys met uh, Nate Watson's dad, too, who I didn't even know. It's like a – it's one of those – it's like an ideal. You don't know if they actually exist. And yeah, you show up and you're admit- like, oh, holy shit, you you're real. Like you're <laughs> you're actually a real person.
3: Yeah. So I I was the one who briefly had my encounter with with uh Mr. Watson. Uh <laughs> so I uh pointed him out and I was like, oh man, I gotta say hi. So I went up to him and from the 10, 15 second interaction that I had with him, yeah, he's pretty much the exact same guy that you see on twitter which which was great to see
1: see that's so refreshing to hear though because you know he tweeted about five hours before the game he said man you know i live however long away from newark it was a short drive i can't remember he said this is how far away i live from newark you know damn well where i'm gonna be tonight and i started cracking up you know um. I'm sitting on press row with John Fanta. I showed him the tweet. He goes, oh man, (laughs) you know, that's, that's my only regret, you know, met a lot of cool people at the legends classic, um, ran into you guys, but obviously I I would have loved to just give me five minutes with Mr. Watson. That's really all I needed. I hope I see him at the dunk this year.
3: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll see him. Uh, it'll be around. You just got to find him.
2: Uh, We got to get him on the podcast next.
3: I am. Seriously.
1: You guys are in for a treat if he comes on. He's just going to be. I, that's one of those where that can go in 9 billion different directions. So good luck to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's uh,
3: quickly dive yeah. into these Friars then. Um, you know, they go Legends Classic, go one and one, um, have started the year uh, off to six and one now. Um, you know, what were you kind of expecting going in and what have you seen thus far in terms of the team?
1: I thought Northwestern was going to be a, a pretty tough challenge for them. Uh, you know, I, I had definitely thought that Northwestern on paper, you know, the numbers are a bit inflated, you know, 41 and Ken Palm, um, you know, receiving votes, conversations, right? And I think that's a little too high for them, right? You have to remember Ken Palm, as we all know, that's an efficiency ranking, right? And I try to remind myself all the time. You know, oh my god, Northwestern's not the 39th best team, but it's all about efficiency, right? So that kind of inflated my expectations going in. Um, Northwestern run and gun kind of team, you know, they shoot really well, their size isn't, you know, didn't really match up too well with Providence, I thought, maybe with the exception of Pete Nance. Of course, Robbie Barron rest in peace, uh, two games in a row. Two that was in a row. <laughs> I'm I'm amazed. You know, I'm sitting there the next day watching Northwestern play Georgia and they alley ooped on him again. Yeah. And I looked at a couple people next to me. I go, that wasn't Robbie Barron, wasn't it? They go, oh, it was Robbie Barron. So,
2: poor we guy. Were, uh, yeah. we, were, we were at we were at Reds before the game, having a few beers beforehand. And we saw him get dunked on. And we were like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> the same kid. And we feel terrible for him. Like, they just got to get him
1: out of the game after that.
2: And yes, they did. So they they the gave him a nice time.
1: long. Yeah, they, they gave him a nice long hiatus, which I think was well-deserved, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. But, but, yeah, you know, as far as the, the games, right, they looked like a great Ed Cooley team against Northwestern. I I keep coming back to that, right? You guys have been doing this for a while. You know what makes Ed Cooley so great. And this was just one of those teams, right? I didn't necessarily see it last year. You know, there, and you can make the argument on paper that last year's team might've been a bit better than this one, but you know, this, it was David Duke's show. Mm -hmm. Ed Cooley doesn't do well, or his teams don't do well, I should say, when it's just one guy and everyone else has to back up. They do well in an offense like this, where you have Nate Watson garnering all the attention in the paint. You've got a couple of options, you know, when Durham's hot, when Bynum's hot, as you guys have talked about, and they need a little bit more from them, I think, you know, over these next couple of weeks. When they're going, this is an Ed Cooley team that's unselfish. They make passes and they play really good defense, right? Unfortunately, we didn't really see it against Virginia. I thought the defense was good enough to keep them in the game. But man, they just ran into a, an opponent, and that happens every now and then. Well, they'll just go out and shut you out. Kihai Clark, you guys talked about it on your show the other day. I think he's probably one of the top five defensive point guards in the in the nation right now. Um, I can't name you a single other better one. I'll have to look at the stats, but just the way he played, they shut him down. So those are some findings uh, just from this past week. I'm glad uh, they were able to rebound, get a, a quality win over St. Pete's, who is projected to actually end up pretty well in the MAC. So, you know, I think. Uh, I think they're trending in the right direction here. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think Clark, he's one of those, and
2: we talked about it, he's one of those guys you need to see him play in person. It is crazy how quick he is, his lateral foot, foot speed. And then that guy, Shedrick, he's going to be a monster in like a year or two.
1: He's just got a bounce to him that you don't really see on the collegiate level. You know, I saw Virginia play at Mohegan Sun a couple of years ago. That was the first time I'd ever seen Tony Bennett. And they're playing Arizona State. And this is the ASU team with Remy Martin scoring 90 billion points. Every time he goes out, they played some solid defense, you name it. They go out there and they've got size. They've got guys that can shoot. You know, I kept coming that, back to that with this Virginia team. And I didn't think they had it for some reason, right? You know, I, I said, you know, where's the Jay Huff? Where's the guy that's seven foot? He's going to block every shot. He's going to D up Nate Watson really well. And then Shedrick and and company off the bench too, Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the Italian dude, I forget. It's, it's yeah, not crazy. For Um, it's, <laughs> it's.
2: No, I, I know exactly who you're talking about, but yeah, they just, I wasn't expecting them to be a very big or athletic team. And even the transfers they brought in uh, from where was it ECU and then Indiana, they were big. Yeah. Armand Franklin. I mean, look yeah. at,
1: look at how well Armand Franklin did double double. And I, I think it might've been the first half. He almost had a, a double double there. You know, let's just, They've got the talent, right? Franklin's great. Gardner's great. Um, it was Igor Milicic off the bench and yeah. uh, Francisco Cafaro too. Listen, they gave quality bench minutes and they actually matched up pretty well with a Providence team that had Nate Watson depleted, um, you know, on, on with foul trouble in the first couple of minutes. So, you know, you move on, you take the lessons and you, you work on some things. Luckily, I don't think they're really going to run into a team with that defensive caliber, but you know, so lessons to Zakiri immediately into Texas Tech, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. I mean, huge week for PC coming up. Um, they got Texas Tech on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. tip on FS1. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, they'll, they'll do it up. The Battle of the Ocean State, PC, URI, meet once again after a year hiatus. So huge week. For, and then they got Vermont after that the following week. But this week... Is definitely a critical, critical week for PC. We talk about, you know, how Virginia would have been a great opportunity, just like Northwestern game was a good opportunity, just like the Wisconsin game was a good opportunity. Um, Fortunately, they don't get that one, but now they have two at home to get two more quality wins. What what are your expectations uh, as this big week comes up?
1: Yeah, Texas Tech is is intriguing this year. You know, they're – talk about – just talking about Ken Palm before, but – they're number 11. Yeah. That's some legit stuff, right? You can't throw that out and say, oh, it's too high. You know, they're a good team. They're objectively a good team. And give them credit. A lot of questions at the beginning of the year. Mark Adams had essentially never coached before uh, a Division One team or at a head coach level, I should say, right? And they took a gamble on him when Chris Beard left. I think the key to this game for the Friars, you have to sink your shots, whether that's from three long-range two, the high percentage looks. But most importantly, is collect your boards. They have to dominate under the – or not even dominate. They have to just compete um, on the rebound. I was doing some research before this. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, number one in offensive rebound percentage in the nation. One out of 358 programs. They are the best offensive rebounding team. So almost 50% of the time that they can make an offensive rebound, they do. That's scary. Now, that's a that's a great stat. I did yes. not know that. That yeah,
2: that's like the Roy Williams teams of old.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're an, they're an excellent rebounding team. It, it holds up defensively too. They're they're number twenty two in the nation as well. So, that being said, I mean, you know, <sighs> feels like a broken record, but Nate Watson's got to be on the a game. Noah Horkler has to be on the a game. Mania Durham, you know, anybody that's over six five or so, they need to really step up. Matchup of the game, I'm looking at Noah Horkler and Kevin O'Banner, too. Yes. Kevin O'Banner, you guys remember him from Oral Roberts. Oh, yeah. He was real good. And guess what? He's not a fluke either. This year, he's shooting 43% from three. That's incredible. 12 for 28. Takes a lot of outside shots. Kind of reminds me of the way Noah Horkler plays, right? Whoever wins that matchup, you know, I, I honestly think if O'Banner's better, the Red Raiders are rolling away with this. If Horkler's better, he, you know, has one of those games where scores 15, 20 points, chips in seven, eight, 10 rebounds, you know, the Friars are going to win that game. So I think it all lies in the rebounding, knocking down your outside shots with the big men too.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Bo Banner because that to me is definitely the matchup of this game. And I'm interested to see though, like whether or not how, how Texas uh, tech manages that, right? Like, would they rather have O'Banner play the five and have Watson govern him? Who's not as good on the perimeter as a uh, Horkler or, you know, do they stick with, uh, they have another guy from, from UTEP, uh, Bryson Williams, a transfer, mm-hmm. um, you know, those guys, they have a really good front court, a little undersized, but yeah, the interesting thing for me is definitely O'Banner and Horkler. Cause you think about O'Banner, he's, you know, a pick and pop guy, right? As you said, he, he can shoot the three, he shoots a lot of, you know, takes a lot of jump shots uh, for a big, he can also score down low. Um, and yeah, no fluke at all. Once, once you start doing it against Ohio State, Florida, whatever that <laughs> run that they went on, yeah, this guy's legit for sure. Yeah, you know, this, uh, I'm,
1: I'm looking at the lineup spreads here and Texas Tech is deep. You know, they they yeah. throw a bunch of sets out. You know, usually when you see the, the starting lineup or the just the, the lineup that they throw out there, the the breakdown, you can kind of get an idea of what a team is doing, uh, what they're doing tactically. Usually, you know, let's I'll look at Providence in a second here. You don't want to look at them now. Their lineup percentage, you know, they're, they're throwing out, oddly enough, their most frequent lineup over the past five games is Durham at the one, Breed, Reeves, Horkler, and Watson. I, I actually didn't know that. That sounds a little off, but um, they're, they're using that lineup about 15% of the time. Texas Tech's, you know, big five, if you will, they're only using that, you know, around 11%. And, and Bryson Williams is out on the court for about 30% of their sets, right? I think that could be a strategy to abandon them. You know, O'Banner's really never played in a, a five role. They've got this freshman Daniel Baccio coming off the bench. Um, so I don't know, maybe if, if they do pivot tactically, that leads me to think that, you know, this, this Texas tech team might be a little uncomfortable in that position, right? They, they don't really want to play small. It appears, you know, the, the maximum that they put O'Banner at uh, it has been the four this year. Right. So I, Something tells me they're not going to do that, but, you know, Mark Adams could pull one out of his ass on, on Wednesday night. You know, you, you genuinely have no idea what he's going to do just because he doesn't have the experience and the, the history to confidently say it. And also, and also one of the interesting
2: thing, things with this Texas tech team is, you know, they're undefeated, but they also haven't really played anybody. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against a team that may be at their athleticism and ability. Uh, I guess we'll see there. Uh, I was looking at, I was looking, there are five players that are averaging double figures, seven players averaging more than seven points a game. They're averaging almost 89 points a game. It's crazy. So it'll see, I think we have a good defensive squad, but you know, anytime you're going up against a team that's putting up 88, 89 a
1: game, it's a little bit scary. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, so many weapons are deep. Like I mentioned, you know, Terrence Shannon's back uh, kind of surprised everybody when, you know, people are saying he could have gone, you know, second round last year, comes back and plays for Mark Adams. Uh, He has only played in three games this year. He was out for the first half of the year. Uh, You know, I say half like we've been doing this for months, but you know, the first couple of games due to determining eligibility, you know, all the NCA bureaucratic BS. So he's back um, 16.3 already, you know, he's shooting 50% from three in a small sample size. So, I mean, that's, that's a guy that, you know, Bynum and, and, Reeves and Durham, they don't come with their A game. And Shannon, he's a guy that could put up 30 points if they're not careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah I mean, I, I did some digging on like uh, some Texas Tech blogs and stuff like that. Um,
1: oh, so, man. I mean,
3: Shannon, I think first career has been pretty bad from the three, but so far, like I said, uh, 50% in, in three games of action thus far. Um, one interesting thing I did read, even though they're beating the brakes off these teams and, uh, you know, they have an average win margin of 31 points a game, <laughs> which is third in the country. So they're killing these teams. But apparently Mark Adams has not been quite satisfied with them on the defensive end. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe the effort. Um, they let they let some guy in Lamar hit six threes the other night. Um, <laughs> so I, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Mark Adams has kind of been warning his team, like, listen, guys, you can get away with playing – defense the way you've been playing now against these teams but once once the iron gets tougher here you know you're gonna end up losing if you play defense like that so I'm kind of interested to see um you know how they show up defensively in this one and
1: yeah you guys are are smart guys how does how's a team that reminds you of those cries um you know from or you know what's uh, let me rephrase what's a program that you're eerily reminded of when things like that go wrong it's the Friars, right? right? You know, Providence loses by, or wins Fairfield by eight and everybody goes crazy. They go, wow, you know, Ed Cooley's done. This program's not going anywhere. You know, and a week later, they're like, that was the best defensive game against the Wisconsin that I've ever seen in my life. It happens everywhere. Right. And that's a struggle yeah, yeah. when you load up the early part of the schedule with these guarantee games, right? It's, you know, there's really no opponent to write home about uh, for a win except Wisconsin and Northwestern, right? I think everybody else for PC has just been, you know, all right, great. You steamrolled yeah. St. Pete's. You know, you you get the opportunity to put 100 points on Central Connecticut next week. Awesome. Um, you know, it, it's just a, a byproduct of you know you you have to do those guarantee games, but you know the the question becomes, you know, what are you going to learn about your team that you can improve tactically when you go against a you know, a powerhouse like Texas Tech or Wisconsin or, you know, down the road. Guys, UConn's only, what, 19, 20 days away? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Scary stuff already. We're getting close. So now's the time to learn and, and screw around with the rotations and the learnings here. Yeah. The Texas, mean, real quick, ahead. Mike, the, the Texas Tech thing is interesting too because this is their first real
2: test and it's on a Wednesday at 8.30 on the road at, at the dunk, which is notoriously a very difficult place to play especially on an evening night. So I think they're going to have a little bit of shock from the onset and then we'll see if Texas tech settles in from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I
1: want to see if, if Mark Adams comes out, I want to see if he shook, we'll put it that way. We're going to learn a lot about how Texas tech is going to fare up in the big 12. If that's the case, the big 12 is good this year too. Right. Um, Baylor, Kansas, uh, Kansas. Iowa state actually is looking pretty good, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, Texas, right? Chris Beard, little vengeance. Um, there's a lot to learn from Mark Adams. I think this is step one. Let's see what he comes out with against the good Friars team.
3: Yeah, he's got a pretty, you know, we have a tough week. Uh, he's got a pretty tough week, too. He's got us Wednesday, Saturday against Tennessee. I believe they're playing at Madison Square. And then oh. the week following, he's got Gonzaga. So he's going <laughs> to learn real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. But you can guarantee, like, the message to the team is, listen, it now it's foot on the gas right Right. the best team we played was prairie view a and m that's not good enough that's no (laughs) that's not big east caliber right maybe it's georgetown but (laughs) i had to do my dig there i'm (laughs) still very salty you have to imagine because dartmouth who beat georgetown by nine points this year they walked into bryant took him to overtime 49 49 yesterday And then one on a, uh, basically a buzzer beater, 63-61. Yeah, I saw
3: your tweet. I saw your tweet about the win probability. (laughs) That thing was like a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Mike.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Saturday, uh, PC's got URI um, to wrap up this huge week. Um, The Rams played Brian already, so you kind of have probably a better sense than we do. Obviously, PC doesn't play URI last year um a lot of new faces for URI um PC too but obviously you got some holdovers like like Nate Watson so um what what did you see from from URI in the Bryant game?
1: URI got off to a really slow start that one and for full disclosure I, I was not uh inside the Ryan Center at that point had to watch it all on ESPN but they played very good defense in the second half um I think they got a little bit of help from the fact that Bryant shot 29% um, total 23% in the second half. I mean, I don't care if you're, you know, who you're playing, you could be playing uh, the Academy of the arts that just beat UC Davis (laughs) last night. You're, you know, you're not gonna, you're not going to beat anybody. So credit to, to URI's defense, you know, they came out. uh, I am, I, I will say it started in that game and continued on really like what I'm seeing from the Mitchell twins this year. Um, Knew it was going to happen, but you know I think um, URI plays some solid. team. they've got a couple of good scoring options here. I think the question is what's going on with their bench, right? We don't know how deep this team is. They look quite thin, to be honest with you. I don't really know that that David Cox has a good feel on on what his rotation is going to be. Um, I know Antoine Walker is going to come out and be a rebounding machine this year, as will the Mitchells, of course. But Walker is a guy that will come off the bench and give some solid paint. Um, you know, presence, right. I think he'll slow down Watson. I don't think it'll be enough to, to totally take him off the rails, but it's a team that can hang. Right. So I think it's um, I think there are a lot of questions and honestly, I, I really don't know what to expect for this game. I hate to say it. Yeah. I mean,
3: I, you know, you're right. They just beat Georgia state. I think that puts them at like five and two on the year they swept BC All right, they played BC twice. Right. Uh, That was supposed to happen last year. And then the second game got canceled due to COVID. But the the second straight year where they were going to play twice due to uh, uh, a tournament in the beginning of the season. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I've seen a little bit of URI. (laughs) They kind of remind me of a poor man's PC. (laughs) Like you, (laughs) You look at it. I mean, Hey, I hate to say it, but like you got the Mitchells up front. You know, Watson, Horkler, they're doing their thing up front. Uh, and then you got, you know, Jeremy Shepard, uh, Ishmael El-Amin, who's whose father Khalid played for UConn. Yeah, um, they've got
1: the two Ishmaels. Yes.
3: Like, and like it, they've yeah. have got two
1: Mitchells and two Ishmaels. Like, yeah. really? Come on, David Cox.
0: <laughs> My,
2: so, Mike, by the uh, way, Mike, you Mike, uh, you, just found a, you just found a way to piss off the PC fan base by comparing us to URI, but also <laughs> piss off the URI fan base by calling them a poorer version of PC. So that's
1: check, a good, nice check. work.
3: yeah i mean no but i'm telling you like that's kind of what i see they are definitely thin like like you said jake um yeah
1: and and here's the thing you know they they had a couple of good wins you know bc no slouch right decent team um i want to call attention to the florida gulf coast game now you know right before uh providence of virginia went down um what was that on, on tuesday night this was bad. This was a, a bad, bad loss for URI. They were up the whole game. They led 36 to 22, and they pissed it away. Um, they lost basically because they let Tavian Dunn Martin go crazy on him 26 points. Tavian Dunn Martin went to Duquesne mm. and then transferred to Florida Gulf Coast and then put up 26 against URI. They sent him to the free throw eight times. He made all of them, including the last two, to win the game. So URI's up 66-65. They foul Tavian dunn with virtually no time on the clock. He sings both, and they walk out of there with the loss. So that's not good. You can't <laughs> no, be losing no. to the Gulf Coast this early. Um, you know, I, I I think there's questions for them for sure. I think, uh, you know, a, a convincing win over Georgia State helps. Um they're taking on Harvard Wednesday night too. Again, Tommy Amaker is going to come out and give a give them his all. So I, I think we'll have a more clear picture of what this team is. But again, this is the right time to be playing URI right now.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. And, you know, you want to talk about new faces joining this rivalry, going to be at the dunk. The play's going to be wild. So like for Cox's team, for have to have guys that are new to that, I mean, and plus URI hasn't Walked in the dunk and walked away victorious in quite some time. So Is that game um, is that game
1: sold out yet? According I to the there's still some seats up for grabs.
3: Yeah. Interesting.
2: I'm surprised by that.
3: Me too. But uh, I'm sure as it gets closer, it will eventually sell out, I would have to imagine.
1: No one's... Uh, so are, you guys aren't local to Rhode Island anymore, are you?
3: So I'm in Mass. Uh, Corley's in Jersey, so... Uh, He is not, but I will. I have seasons. Corley also has seasons. Uh, But uh, so, yeah, yeah. I'll be going to the both games this week. I'm ready to go. Ready to rock.
1: I I will more than likely see you there. I've got to do now. My again, you preface the the podcast tonight with, you know, my broadcasting stuff. And when duty calls, you know, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., the PC women are tipping off at Alumni Hall. Now, once that ends, and I'm going to call that game really well, I'm going to do throw my all into it. Once that ends, and hopefully 9 p.m., you'll find me courtside in <laughs> the There you go. I'm not missing this. No way.
3: So, unfortunately, I don't have as good of seats as I did in the Prudential Center with, with BOC. Yeah. Uh, I'm we, were also, we
2: were also one of 100 people there. I was right? <laughs> I think,
0: yeah.
1: You could hear a pin drop in there. <laughs> Man. But, uh, awesome. oh, man, I was just going to say, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I've been told beers are on John Fanta afterwards, so we'll see if he delivers on it.
3: Ooh, okay. <laughs> all right. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, Jake, it was great to have you on. Um, you know, uh, keep grinding away. Uh, you know, it's really great that you're getting to do all sorts of teams. Uh, it's really awesome that, that you get to kind of do that throughout New England. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me on, guys. You know this—it's always a blast. Always down to talk uh, some Friar hoops, and again, you know that's the schedule is blowing the uh, the Friars at the Tailwinds uh, with them right now. So I think the big, big test this week—you move on, you you play the best basketball you can, but starts now. Hit your stride and and go from there. But thanks, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, thank you. And also, just so everybody can follow Jake at Jake Zimmer twelve. Follow him. Give him a follow. I thought I knew a lot about basketball after this podcast. I need to – you know, I was in 101. Jake's in the
1: 300-level classes. Man, I don't know about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, well, POC, you stole my thunder. I was going to do that. But, Jake, thanks again. Appreciate having you on.
1: No problem, fellas.
3: All right, welcome back to the Providence Fire Podcast. Again, thanks to Jake Zimmer uh, for the interview. That was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, that guy really knows stuff, huh, POC?
2: Yeah, he, uh, you know, I can always appreciate when somebody before jumping on a pod, like, do the, they do their homework, and clearly he did. Like, he was mentioning guys on Texas Tech's roster that were, like, the 10th or 11th men on their team. I was like, oh, okay, he knows his stuff. This is good. Um, I always like jumping on with folks like that because you can tell he's passionate about the sport. Um, so, yeah, it was a great conversation. Looking forward to catching up with him more throughout the season.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh one thing that I didn't say to him, but I will say now is he's certainly got, got a great voice for radio. Uh yeah. way better than mine. <laughs> that's all he, yeah,
2: name. I didn't need you, I didn't need you hitting on him during the podcast. Right. Needed...
3: <laughs> he's got a great radio voice. What's wrong with that?
2: Yeah, yeah. somehow it would have came out the wrong way, but that's all right.
3: <laughs> uh yeah, as it often does sometimes with me. Okay, um moving on. Uh, let's just wrap up this show, BOC. Um, big week, not only for the Friars, but the Big East as a whole. Obviously, PC's got their two big games this week, but also on the slate, um, it's, it's really this weekend, uh, not so much Wednesday, but Friday in, into the weekend. Number eight, Kansas, visit St. John's at MSG. That should be a huge, like, you know, I was on that podcast, uh, that Biggie's roundtable earlier in the year. And the Johnny's the guy circled that one, I think, as soon as the schedule dropped. Uh, so huge opportunity for St. John's to get a signature win on Friday. Um, Saturday, you know, outside of the PCURI rivalry, you got another big rivalry in Wisconsin with uh, Marquette Golden Eagles. They'll be taking on Wisconsin. We got Iowa State newly into the top 25 after – Uh, winning the tournament that they were in, which included a victory over Xavier. Creighton hosts them. So, um, and then finally, BOC, the only undefeated team in the Big East, DePaul will be facing Sister Jean. Mark it on your calendars, 4 p.m. FS1. Uh, So a lot of big action around the Big East, BOC. Like, what are you looking forward to?
2: Um. The Paul's a great story, right? I'm looking forward to seeing that. I like seeing uh, Creighton as well. But the, the one I'm really looking forward to is uh, St. John's in Kansas. Like I it's it's always nice to see St. John's play in a premier game like that. I think about like the old like Ron Artest years when they were like a legitimate power and they would always play Duke at MSG, and it was just like really awesome. That was like a foundational moment for me growing up. Um, my dad went to St. John's, so I got to meet like Mike Jarvis and all those and all the players on his team growing up. So I I have a soft spot for St. John's and it'd be nice to see them uh, be competitive with Kansas because, you know, we think St. John's is a probably a tournament team, bubble team. This is, these are the type of wins that get them squarely off the bubble.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, when you look at that matchup, Remy Martin versus Posh Alexander. I mean, that that is some primetime television right there. Um, for me, I mean, I'm interested in the, the Wisconsin uh, Marquette game. That game is always good, it seems like. Uh, that rivalry is awesome. Wisconsin uh, into the top 25 now, BOC. Let's go. Yep. It's it's rising, honestly. Yeah, they, they end up winning Maui, and there you have it, Wisconsin Badgers. 23 in the nation with their only loss to the Friars. So, um, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, There's a lot of great hoops going on. Uh, I know you it was past your bedtime, but I, I'm the Nighthawk and I did stay up and watch uh, Duke uh, Gonzaga. Great game. I do think Billis and Schulman overhyped it throughout the entire game. Okay. Uh, oh, just caught like because the first half was electric. I'll give it to them. But second, like there were so many turnovers in that game. So many missed free throws and like the ending was kind of underwhelming. And like the entire broadcast, these guys are just like, this is just execution at its finest. <laughs> like Some,
2: Sometimes you just like, I, I was reading, I was reading um, Dana O'Neill's book and I finished it up, which was awesome by the way. And nice. sometimes one of the things that they said is, I think that it was Syracuse and Georgetown playing each other and the commissioner went went over to the announcers and said, "Don't overhype this. Let the play speak for itself. Sometimes when you have two elite teams, like the pl- the play on the court speaks for itself. You don't want to seem like too corny and build the game up. Which, granted, Duke and Gonzaga are Final Four caliber teams, so I, I get I get the uh, I get the stance that they're taking there. But um, sometimes you just got to let the game play out and not you know be too boisterous about it."
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm not trying to say here that, that Gonzaga or Duke are no good. Obviously, that'd be foolish. Yeah, sure. Um, but it was like and it was a weird one too, because you got Paolo. he had he had leg cramps and like had to keep subbing out. I, I think when you watch UNC Duke BOC, you're gonna probably be hoping for those 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 cramps for Pelo, because apparently that's yeah, pa- a problem.
2: He yeah, he'll be a uh at a minimum a top five pick. He's a, he's like oh, a yeah. He's like the perfect, like I think modern, numero
3: uno modern
2: he's like the perfect modern big man. And he's like, he's not lanky. He's got like a pro body already. He's he's yeah. crazy. He's a unicorn.
3: Yeah. I mean, speaking of unicorns on, on the other side, you had, uh, um, Chet Holmgren, uh, first time I really saw him live. I, I missed, I missed the, uh, um, Texas game, but then when I played UCLA, we were at the bar at Reds and, uh, little hazy for me on that one all i know is that next morning my my, uh gambling account was a lot lower because i (laughs) thought ucla could pull it off and they got smoked um but yeah first time seeing him he's intriguing as well but man does that guy gotta like put on some mask and i think the one the reason why nba scouts have him so high still even though he's not lighting the world on fire is because look at like giannis you look at guys like that like you can put also on even, muscle once you have a professional trainer.
2: Also, even Durant, like Durant came yeah. in. I forget the I forget the anecdote. I think it was NBA Combine. It's either you have to bench one thirty five or one eighty five. I think it's I think it might also some be something as simple as one thirty five, but he, Durant couldn't put up whatever the uh, the minimum was, and they're like, okay, this guy's no strength, and then now he's you know a top three player in the NBA. So. It's not like it's not like the NFL where you need the physical attributes right away. Like you can develop these kids, especially with the average age of players being you know in their low to mid twenties. So it's not as much of a disadvantage as you would think.
3: Yeah, Charholgrim's like collarbone sticks out. He's like yeah. that skinny. It's like very weird. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean it, that game, it was a great game. I'm, I'm not going to disparage it, but it it wasn't. You should have heard. You should have heard uh, Billis and Schulman just like. St- Drooling all over these guys. It was ridiculous. I'm but, glad.
2: I'm glad. I'm glad I missed that then.
3: Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, huge week for the Friars coming up. Um, follow the Crier. fall at BOC. Follow the um, We'll have preview articles out, um, recaps, you name it. Uh, huge week BOC. Busy. Before we get out of here, I didn't. We, we didn't do this with Zimmer. Um, predictions for each game, I guess. Quickly. Without spoiling the article, I guess.
2: Yeah, predictions. Predictions, I think Texas Tech wins. We'll go 78, 74. Um, Providence beats URI 75, 69.
3: There you go. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm gonna be super optimistic this time. No more forty to uh, fifty-four losses, even though it was forty to fifty-eight. Uh, I'm gonna go PC victory over Texas Tech, sixty-eight seventy-six. PC seventy-six, obviously. Uh, and then on uh, for the URI game, I'm not gonna predict a score twenty points or more. Victory, large victory. Wow! I think we okay. stopped these guys this year. I, I'm sorry, like. Like I said with Jake, it's a poor man's PC team, and that shouldn't yeah. piss off PC. You guys trying to build something nice, but ours is just way nicer. And like that, yeah. that's all it is. That's all I'm upset. There uh, you
2: go.
3: I think, I think Cooley, you know, he always plays down the rivalry. I think this year, with all the stuff with Cox bitching and moaning about the scheduling last year, I could see Cooley just really wanting to beat the tar out of these guys. Yeah. And
2: that would be nice.
3: It would be nice. And I think it's going to happen, BSC. I really do. The, the Mitchells right. the Mitchells are going to foul out within 10 minutes of this game, guarding Nate Watson. They hack a ton.
2: We have, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the social, social media interactions between certain parents. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. We will leave it at that.
3: Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean that is going to be another layer of this game, uh, for sure. But all right, that wraps it up for another episode of the Prophets Cryer Podcast. Thanks for following along, guys,
0: and have a good one. Go first. Man up in my city, I'm roof, yeah. David Duke the troop well, school PC. You know we on go, ayy Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, Fall down, bounce back like M.I.H.O., ayy I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage And he team we bumping, so we gon' let them have it, They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This feel we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the true They the hell at you. But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school. Man, up in my city, i the this-